Hi, I'm Steve Archibald. You're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview And we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. Should that not be international singing sensation, Doug Perry? Uh, n- no, not really. Just uh, <laughs> just the same bald fat guy from a couple of weeks ago, really. Huh. What What's that you're drinking, Lee? Seven Up? Ha. Very good. <laughs> um, let's stick to his five today, please. There's only so much depressed I can be. <laughs> okay, clip clop, clip clop. We'll get on to the East Five stuff soon, but before any of that, let's hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Five Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programs through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and May's Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast. As we say every week, they support us, they support East Fife, go and support them. And what a time it is to be alive, to be an East Fife fan. Three wins out of four... I can't remember last week, I don't think it happened. Let's just gloss over that. Happy days, hopefully, are, are here. Watch the, the highlights this morning. 14 minutes worth of highlights. That kind of shows you how much of a, a good game it was. You were both at the game. We'll start off with you, Lee, just general thoughts from that performance. Coming from behind, getting the job done in the last minute. Forfar don't seem to be able to hold on at, at Bayview, echoing that game that I was over at in, in August. Yeah, and I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Coming from behind is one of my favourite things to do. So it was a, a very, a very, very good win. Um, and it was a great day all round. Um, obviously, I'm not going too much into it because it's been on, on social media and stuff this week, but had MGM 
timber in yesterday for their first day of hospitality. So the hospitality area was completely sold out, which was excellent. It's the first time I've seen it that busy in a long time. I think Doug came up the stairs, but both the, the suites were, were full and then MGM had pretty much the whole of the upstairs along with the stag do, which was brilliant. Um, so obviously having these guys in for their, their first taste of football as our new stadium sponsors and absolutely brilliant win and I thought thoroughly deserved. I mean, Doug, is, the atmosphere was great. It was about 660, I think, roughly was the attendance there. Fittingly, with MGM sponsoring the stadium now, the Bayview Roar was back. Yeah, do you know what? Um, it almost felt like a little more than that, to be honest, crowd-wise. It was even, I, I last sort of few times I've been going, I've been sitting more at the, the sort of sea end with what uh, Andrew and Ewan and stuff, because they've got their kids there. But it was, uh, yeah, it was great. And like all the, the kids having an absolute field day with giving the subs high fives as they're all going past. I'm sure the subs hated it eventually, but it was quite, <laughs> it, it was just, there's something really satisfying about seeing these kids get a high five from Rabbi Nomar and coming back to their seat like it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in life. So it was pretty cool. Um, and anytime you know you have a sort of late goal to win a game, it's great. And it was a really good game of football. I really enjoyed it. First, yeah, just just a good game. Yeah, I love to see stuff like that. It makes like the fans feel that they're part of the club, and like you don't get that a lot of the big clubs. It's one thing that they do quite well at MLS here because they're still trying to grow the game, obviously, is like at the end of the game, the players go around and like we've had opposition players here. Like when Shakiri played here, there was a lot of Kosovan fans had come out and he spent ages with them signing autographs and stuff. And you don't get that in a lot of the, the top flights. But at our level, you need that interaction. You need that sense that it's your club and when you're a little kid it means so much to you yeah One I think we're for that by the way that's outstanding at it is Jack Healy win or lose he's always down because there's always like loads of fans go down he's taking selfies with the players giving them high fives talking to them all so you've got to you've got well, he to just likes having that. his picture taken though he is a handsome wee boy isn't he yeah. so we'll give him that apart from eyebrows yes yeah, you yeah, can give him some 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 tweezing tips if you want to do that, Doug. But um, yeah, I also didn't realize Shakira's uh, music career taking such a dive that she's now playing football. But <laughs> hey, her hips don't lie. Let's get into the game Please. now. Interesting lineup when it came out, but we were missing Quinn, we were missing Slattery, we were missing Miller through injury. What is the script with Pat? Um, groin injury. I, I spoke to him yesterday and he said he'll be back next week. So, okay. Um, it's just, it's just, this week was just a wee bit too quick, but confident we'll be back for next week. But I've got to feel for him a bit because he looks like he's he, he played himself back into the team. And mm. then, you know, next week you can't drop, you know, Walls, Ferguson or Troughton because they were all outstanding. So, you know, does he go back on the bench again? That's a tough one. I mean, I thought it was the G-Dog curse. The, if Maybe. we sponsor someone, if we speak to somebody, then they're, then they're missing. But, I mean, it is hard to change that team, really, because, I mean, yeah. they put in such a shift. Well, we'll get through the game. We'll kind of maybe do this time around kind of in chronological order of it, just because there was so much that really happened. It felt the early stages, though, Doug, 
Forfar looked a better team. They were sharper. They came out fast. Flanagan was running us riot. And then they took the lead 10 minutes in. It was a, a good finish, but it was a poor clearance for, from East Fife. And it did feel that we were taking a little bit of time getting going maybe in this one. Yeah, they 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 did come out. I mean, obviously they've been in very good form and they definitely came out of the traps a lot quicker. It was such a disappointing goal. I mean, both goals weren't good goals defensively, but mm. we'd had it was almost like a felt like a replica about a minute before, where I think it was Healy never tracked his runner and they got across and they got dealt with. But um, I mean, I certainly felt very sorry for Liam Newton because he got a torrid time all game from. Flanagan, who, to be fair, was was very good. Um, yeah, it just got done in the wing. And then a, I think it was Denham, maybe his clearance wasn't great. And it was a good finish, to be fair. But um, yeah, it was that kind of slow start and you worried about how it would react. But again, like the Sterling game, you know, when we lost the goal, we, we, we came back really strongly, actually, which was good to see. Yeah, very good to see Lee because it's something we've criticised before with, with teams in the past that the, the heads have gone down, but they certainly didn't. I mean, it seemed it, was it a case that we woke up after that goal, or did Forfar kind of think, well, we've got the lead now, and kind of they seem to stop playing because after that, the way that the highlights looked anyway, it was this constant East Five. Like Forfar didn't seem to have a sniff for the rest of the half. Yeah. I, I... I think there's one thing about this team is that they're, and I wouldn't say they've had it all season, but they're starting to be a bit of resilience. A bit like, you know, even if we go a goal down, like when you went a goal down under Darren Young at stages last year, you just knew we were never we were never coming back. But at least with this this team just now is 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 they'll knock on the door till the end of the game. Obviously, we're not going to go into Stranra last week, which was arguably one of the the worst performances, but I mean, you've got to take your hat off to Greg because he's obviously blasted them after that last week, and they've came out um, yesterday and, and showed, you know, that, that that they'll play for him and that there's still a bit of belief in the side that even if we go a, a goal down, that we could come back. And it was just, I mean, after the first goal went in, like Doug, your your head goes in your hand, you're like, this is going to be brutal. But an actual fact, you know, but. After the goal, we, I feel we controlled the game. Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting you mentioned Strandrar because Gordon went down to Strandrar and we've not seen him since. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a better place. Yes. Strandrar has him now. Yeah. He got on the ferry to Larn and then that was it. We've n- <laughs> never seen him since then. He was something about sorting out a Brexit deal or something. I don't, I don't know what he was going on about. But yeah, we were the better team. For the entire game, once the once we'd gone one 0 down, and the amount of chances that we created in that first half, like we obviously got the equaliser from Brogan Walls, his first pro goal, which was great for the young lad, his first start of the season. He's just come back from injury. We've got to talk though before we get to the goal, the work by Shavoni out wide, and that ball that he put on a plate for Brogan Walls to hit. Now, Walls still has to do the hard work and finish it, but what a cutback that was. He absolutely decimated Mark Doherty yesterday. They hooked Mark Doherty at half-time because every time Shiv got near him, he just destroyed him. Uh, he, he did, he absolutely destroyed him. And 
you know, I think um, I, I think it was not the the Stranraer game, but the game before. I said that I'd quite like to see us have um, Shivoni or Shepherd on the wing and the other one through the middle at the expense of maybe Denham. Um, and it, it looks like that that's what they did. And it, I think it definitely having that bit of a pace on that side made a difference. But you, you're you're bang on. You know, Shiv has a bit of work to do. Does it really, really well to to beat Docker? He cuts the pass inside. From where I looked at it, it looked like Jack Healy was was going to be the one to take it. But then out of nowhere, mm-hmm. Walsh just went not having that, and and you know he he just he massages the ball into the corner almost. You know what I mean? Just you, you, a, a lot of players. I mean, particularly his five. You know, we would take an extra touch or whatever, and and, and try and almost overplay that, but. We seem to be so confident shooting outside the box. I would love to know what our, our ratio is from goals outside the box to inside the box this season because it certainly seems latterly that we only score from outside it, but a beautiful finish. And, and particularly as well because his confidence could have easily been dented having hit the post because he really should have stuck that away. Yeah. To then, to then stand up and, and take that, you've, you've got to take your hat off the lad. Great finish. It's going to be great confidence as well for him, Doug, as well, coming into the team playing like that. And he had a, a good all-round game. But, I mean, it's another one of those great team goals. Shiv does the, the hard work and then Walls just with a great finish. Yeah, I don't think you can underestimate Troughton's through ball to Shavoni. Mm. It was very, very, very good, to be fair. Um, yeah, it was one of those that was just begging to be hit. But I, I thought Walls was really good. But I think I was saying to War beforehand, I can't really remember 100% just like properly seeing him play. I don't know whether just because of that injury and, you know, bits and bobs last season or whatever, but I I thought he was very good because it was interesting how they set up because they had Ferguson as the the sort of deeper player, um, which, I mean, look, I think he can play anywhere um, and be very good, but I I do wonder whether it slightly lessens what what he can do, but... No, look, it was a great goal. As I say, two really good balls from Trout and Shavoni, and it was a it was a really tidy fit. Like you say, Lee, it was very composed for a guy who's not scored before. It was mm. really good. Just touching on something that you mentioned there, Lee, about out, out wide on that side. I thought throughout the game, like Healy and Shavoni just caused so much hassle out there. And if we can get those guys just fully flying and get the ball out to them, they look like they could be a problem for any single defence in this division. Yeah, I mean, it's been not my, so much my complaint about Jack Keighley, but I want him to add assists to his game. Um, he, he needs to, to work on that that final ball because we all know that the boy can shoot. We all know the boy can score. Um, you know, I, I'd, I've said before about his end product, I think... He's shown what he could do when he's having a shot and goal. But I think for a winger, we, we need to see a bit more of the, the assists from him. I really rate him. I do. And I think he'll go and he'll play at a very good level in Scotland. You know, he's definitely got the potential to go up towards the championship, maybe higher if he could add assists to his game. Um, because I think from the last time I checked, he was on no assists for the season, um, oh, according wow. to the BBC website. Um, but obviously he scored a, a few wonderful, wonderful goals. He, he can't take that away from. Him. But um, he'll maybe claim the assist for the for the third goal, for the second goal even. 
Um, he can maybe add that one to his list. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Shivoni's a player that I rate really highly as well. His work rate is incredible and he's so good in the air. He's like he's he's in, he's so good. The amount of times that we pump we pump the ball up the park, and he he wins his header to flick it on to um, particularly Shepherd yesterday who ran himself ragged to to get on the ball on the other side. You know, I think both of them had had good games yesterday. To make it in this game, like a guy like Healy, he is going to have to to add that assists to his game, really, but. What what do you feel the best position is for Healy? Is it just out wide running and terrorising the guys? Do you like to see him come inside a little bit more? Well, that's what she said. Yeah. I, I um, look. I think we because he scored so many good goals. That left side does seem the obvious fit because he is such a threat when he cuts inside and and shoots. I actually thought. I actually thought it was one of his poorer games for a while yesterday. Um, really, I just thought he was okay. I, I thought Nditi at right back actually dealt with him quite well and also got one of the most bizarre bookings I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> one, I, I, I didn't even think it was a foul and he got booked. It was a bit weird. But I, I thought he, in general, actually dealt with Jack quite well. Uh, but we, we said it all along, if Jack plays wonderfully in 8 out of 10 every game, he, he'll... He wouldn't be here. I think he could. I think he's definitely got the potential. And he, he's, he is very exciting. You can feel the lift from the crowd when he gets on the ball. And look, I'm saying he didn't have his best game, but he, you know, as you say, sort of a sort of assist and still, you know, got us up the park and, and did well. But I, yeah, I, I don't know where his best position. I think he could probably play in two or three, which is, again, another good uh, string to the bow for him. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I want to answer that question as well. I would like to see Healy play through the middle, which might seem mad. That was why um, I asked that, because I'm wondering yeah. if that would get him the assists. No, I, no, I want to see him play as a centre-forward. Now, oh. we're, we're not, he's, not, he's not going to score a lot of headers. You know what I mean? He's not going to be a physical presence. However, I think with his pace and his ability to run at defenders, if we put him through the middle and score goals... Now, I want to say when he went on loan to East Stirling... He played through the middle for them and he scored a few goals. So I think that when we are struggling with that, so if, if, you, if you look at our team just now, the options that we have, because, you know, Greg said that quite a lot, um, you know, we've got Denham that we could play in the wing. You've got um, Shivoni that could play in the wing. You've got Shepard that could play in the wing. Taylor Stephen likes to play um, off one of the, the wings as well. So you, you then go, well, why not maybe give Jack a chance to play through the middle because he's shown he could have a shot. Um, whereas if he's got the if he's on the the outside, he's then I, I think what we're seeing now is because people will be watching our team, they'll see what Jack likes to do, and it's have the ball in the wing. And he wants to cut in and have a shot on his right. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an experienced defender like Ndite or or like the boy that he came up against at um, Stranraer last week, I always forget his name. They'll figure that out very quickly. And although Jack's a good player, you know, they're not going to stop him every time, but they'll be able to nullify that threat and go, right, okay, we need to watch him because he plays on the left, but he's going to want to cut it on his right. So I think I think the other positive thing the other positive thing to that, Lee, and I don't disagree with you at all, is it means he doesn't have to defend. He's not a good defender. Yeah. Like he yeah. doesn't 
he doesn't track boys well and he gets frustrated when he's not and he gives away some silly, you know, he gets involved in things he doesn't need to get involved in. I think if he's kind of out of the way of that, um, because if there was ever a game, yet, you know, where you needed some help, it was yesterday with Flanagan, you really needed the left winger to be doubling up and, and helping Newton because, as I say, generally he got tore a new one yesterday. Um, but no, so I think that, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, look, I, again, I thought Shepard was quite poor yesterday. His first nah, I'm not having that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, after, like, afterwards, I Greg, Greg had yeah. said, I don't know if you watched Greg's interview, yeah. but he felt he put in a really good shift and he was he was hoping the fans would have seen that. No, he put in a good shift, but that's what I think what we were told when he signed that he'll put in a good shift is... is First touch is dreadful. Like he got, he got put, you know, put himself about. But I would say he would have been in the bottom three or four players for me as in good games yesterday. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know if you could say that or not. Like, I, I think I just did. I, I just did. Well, shut your puss, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think with, with Shepard is like, and I've said it again in the past. I just think he's so low on confidence. So low on confidence. I mean, he had a chance yesterday to score, and then DT puts a like and like a worldy tackle in. Like he manages to block that um, just as he's, as he's getting through, and it just he he has a chance to go through one on one yesterday, and he's a mile on side, and that bastard Douglas Ross puts a flag up, and he's 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 a mile on, um, and you know you just want to see him finally get that chance. I mean, I think yesterday, what he does well um, is, is running the channels to create space for other players. He holds the ball up pretty well. Um, I mean, we've seen what he could add with his assists like he did for Ferguson in a few weeks. I don't think that his position's through the middle. That's what I'll say. I would like to see him play. Um, I, I think yesterday, although you know, I'll shut my face because um, Shiv put the assist in for the goal, but equally, I actually think I prefer Shiv through the middle, but maybe have Shepard out in the wing. But again, the, both of those guys can play those positions. So mm. it's just, it's, and there's one thing, sorry to sort of go off on a, a tangent a little bit, but it's one thing that I'd actually like to see from Greg and the coaching staff a bit more is see when we've got Healy and we've got, say, Denham on the flanks. If we're seeing Denham's not getting any luck or Healy's not getting any luck, we never switch. We never switch them around to, to, to just try a different tact or see if somebody's going to have a bit more luck or whatever. It's very much like, this is what we're doing. We're not going to change from this. And yeah. yesterday, like we could have said yesterday, like, okay, why don't we, we switch Shiv and, and Shep and see if we get any um, anything else to... But then, obviously, you don't know what's happening in training if they've been given individual you know briefs of what they're wanting them to do, etc. So, obviously, that that's potentially privy. But, yeah, just... I think I, I, I in, in, in summary, I think that Doug's talking shit. No, I, well, that's not nothing unusual there. I, uh, I I totally agree with you. I do. It's the one thing with Greg and Crawford a bit as well. Even at times yesterday when it was sort of, I don't know if it was one all the time, but you're thinking, we need to make two or three subs here and just get a wee bit. And it just never, I remember saying that to Warrior, it almost felt like you were waiting to see if we went 2-1 down before then making making changes because it just but although we were playing well there was a there was a couple of positions you thought I'll oh, just change it up and, and try something different but 
Um, obviously, it worked out in the end. But to be fair, I mean, again, slightly going off tangent, but I mean, it's been a bit of a masterstroke dropping Troughton back, to be fair. He's been really good in general the last sort of two or three months, um, which is surprising for a guy that age. You wouldn't think he would have him mm. in the field. But he, well, I thought he was the best player for us last week at Stranraer as well. Yeah, like, he was good again. Yesterday. I think yeah. he misplaces a lot of passes at times, but I think he does have that creativity. And some of his touches and stuff, you're like, you could definitely uh, tell that he, he's, he's, he's got very, class. He's very composed on the, on the ball. I mean, going back to the Shepard Chavone type debate, the, the problem with both of them really is they're not goal scorers. They're not, yeah. they're not going to get you 20 goals a season. So, you know, your best you're probably going to get for them would be higher end single digits, which is a, a problem. But look, you know, there's not many sort of Kane Hester's type players about there. And we've said that all season. So chipping in now and again is fine. But yeah, I think if we could get someone that's just a little bit more of a goal threat, it would make a massive difference. Now, I'm not just saying this, Lee, to, to poke the bear, but if you look at like Liverpool and Jurgen oh, Klopp, the, the thing that Klopp does is his front three, he just, he, he switches them. So it's like the guy in the middle goes out wide, the guy in the wide switches, and then they do all this, and it works a lot. And it yeah. is something that we are really bad for at. For one game this season, Michael, right? No. For one game. They've had one good game this season. I don't even watch the Premier anymore. I don't care. Now, if you want to talk about the National League, I'll get into that. But going back to what I said about Healy, the reason I asked that question about Healy was twofold. One, which Doug touched on, was his defensive side is maybe not great. But I feel you need your wingers to be producing assists. And if he isn't getting them, it's maybe not his best position. We need somebody else out there that is sending those crosses in or cutting the ball back or whatever. I mean, we had so many chances in that first half yesterday. There was that scramble just after we scored. Pagey had a chance that didn't miss by much as well. We shouldn't have gone in level. We should have gone in, in in the lead with the dominance that we had, the chances that we were creating. And that, if you're looking at the negative side of yesterday, that's one of them. We just yeah. didn't capitalise on that dominance. And some teams would really have punished us for that. Yeah, I mean, if we had a Goss or a Carrick or a Hester, we would score more goals. That's that's a fact, but we don't. And um, We've obviously brought in the young lad from Rangers, which, I mean, look, like... I'm never going to knock a kid before he's had a chance, but he looks very similar to what we've already got, and he's a bit lightweight, and he's mm. not very tall, and you know, and you know, you're hoping that he, he comes in and proves us all wrong. You know, you know, Greg's review of him was that the, the boy's a finisher, and you know that's great to see. But I've heard Crawford and Greg both say that Taylor Stevens is the best finisher at the club, but hasn't scored a goal yet. So it's yeah, I think we'll need to wait and see. Um, I, I think we're going to end up in purgatory and we'll find that in the next couple of weeks. I think the teams that are in the top four, they'll start to slowly pull away. I don't think we'll get tangled into the, uh, the bottom um, the relegation race. And I think that we'll... No, we'll but those finish. three points yesterday were massive when you look. The, yes. the fact that Bonnie Rig suddenly got a win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but I, we, I, I mean, we're, we're two know. points off third, though. That's the, that's the crazy thing yeah. with this league. I mean, if you look at the teams that we've beaten in recent weeks, you know, Dumbarton, um, obviously up the top end of the table. Elgin have been up the top end of the table when we've been hammering them. Forf are now up the top end of the table and we've beat them. You know, we tend to prefer the teams that are further up. Um, obviously, we've beaten Bonnie Rigg once, but lost once and drew once. 
Um, Albion Rovers, I think we've done all right against them. I think we beat them twice but lost once um, in the games against them. But Stranraer have us on the mantelpiece. Um, you know, Annan, um, I think we've got one point in, in three games against them. So um, it's, it's a, a very much a whoever puts together the, the best run in the last 10 games will definitely yeah. finish the, the, the playoff places. Do I think we have the consistency to do that? I don't think so, but I'll be delighted to be proven wrong. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're at the the three quarter stage of the season now. I'm just double checking that. Yes, yeah, so we've played twenty seven, so we, we've got nine games left. It's going to be an interesting final quarter. I mean, this this game was huge, dog. And you're looking at the second half, and we continued the dominance after the break, which was a very pleasing thing because you didn't know if Forfar were going to regroup. I, I genuinely don't know what happened to Forfar after they scored. They just seemed to fall out of the game. Steely had the chance that was over, and then an absolutely superb header gave us a 2-1 lead. I mean, that was one hell of a finish. I, I, did think, I watched the highlights back again. I thought Daniel's comment of it's one of the most bizarre goals you'll ever see was a bit odd. Yeah. Oh, he's not used to headers. Maybe he's getting scored a bit. No, the the Queens Park goalie that kicked in his own net is one of the most bizarre goals you'll ever see. Uh, that <laughs> was a guy trying. That was a guy trying to win a header and it's flicked off his head and gone in the back. But I don't think that was that bizarre. But anyway, um, it was funny because as always, when goals like go in, it's always those guys behind us, and they obviously took the corner short. And normally you, the guy would pass it back and you'd get a better angle to whip it in. And then they passed it again. And the guy behind like, oh, for fuck's sake, just put it in the box. And then it's like, goal. <laughs> um, but no, and it was it was absolutely deserved at the point. So it was, uh, it, and we we did slightly slag Jack Healy for running towards the fan cell, but like, it was all him. <laughs> it, it was his pinpoint cross yeah, under the head. Yeah. Yeah, and then sure. just yeah. Kyle Hutton rises, and that was a great goal. Like, if that was in the opposition net, you'd be celebrating that for weeks. You'd be like, oh, that's one of my best goals I've ever scored. <laughs> I mean, Greg said yesterday that Jack's trying to claim it as his goal. I, I don't think you can claim that one, Jack, pal. I absolutely love the fact that you are. I'm, I'm here for it, but I, I don't generally don't think that you can. There's one thing that I do want to bring up, and it's something that... I think everybody is eating a massive slice of humble pie. How good was Johnny Page yesterday? He was absolutely outstanding. And not just from a defending standpoint, he gave us an extra threat going forward. We were clearly looking for him at set pieces because he is so good in the air. But not just that, all I heard yesterday was him shouting. And I could hear it from the stand, which was amazing because we've sorely, sorely lacked that at times and I tell you what if I'm Sam Denham I'm starting to get a little bit nervous because when Quinny comes back could you mm-hmm. imagine having Quinn and um, Paige as you're back too we'll not lose a header for the rest of the season both of them are ex- I, excellent in there yeah I think I suppose the only thing maybe is pace zero pace two. yes zero so pace I think that's where Denham might be okay I, I actually thought Paige's leadership was his most impressive thing yesterday I yeah. don't Nestle think it would be that hard a game for a centre half. And to, you know, you'd expect him to win headers, but his yeah. distribution was very good. But yeah, he he literally talked Denham through the whole game. It was uh, yeah. it was impressive. And as you say, 
you know, he'd looked a genuine threat going forward. I mean, a couple of Hollywood attempt headers from 18 yards was there. Were there, but uh, no, I thought he was good. And look, he was—I guess he was always going to be quite steady. His problem towards the back end of his first spell was that he just had no pace and would just get you know get done. But a game like that, it was—it was pretty uh, pretty easy for him yesterday, I would say. Yeah, but I think—I mean, do you remember the the absolute ridiculous outcry from fans on social media when he signed? Um, talking about how underwhelming it was, blah blah blah, etc. I'm like, Christ, the boys didn't we say that in our WhatsApp group? <laughs> well, no, it, it was, it was, it was yeah. definitely underwhelming signing just because at the time yeah. you were like, we need this, this, and this. And it was like, Johnny Page, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, yeah. but do you know what? The fact is that he's come in because Quinn got injured. Mm. I mean, I think if Quinn's not injured, Page hasn't played a minute for us yet. Really. Oh, what's the status on, on Quinny? A couple of weeks away. Okay. Two or three weeks. But again, I think the point I wanted to make was that like he has proven to be a, a good signing. And and I think actually if we look at it, the, the signings that Greg's made have actually all been pretty decent. Um if we have a look at who we've shipped out um and who we've brought in, really I don't think we could really grumble at anybody that he's signed. I mean Obviously, Rabbi Nomar will be the one that, that fans will talk about, but the guys came back for surgery. You know, it's going to take a while for him to, to to sort of fight his way into a team, particularly in a position where we've got quite a lot of talent because the guy plays in the wing. So he's, he's, he's not ousting Healy out of the team. He's not ousting, you know, a, a Shepherd or a Shavoni out of the team until he's, he's 100% fit. So. Well, yeah, and the other thing as well, which I, I constantly point out, there's a big difference between being fit and being match fit and at the, the that level to suddenly come in and play. Like, Connor Young in his interview yesterday spoke about the intensity, how it's way more than Lowland League. Yeah. That game yesterday was an intense affair. We've seen a lot of them. You can't expect a guy coming off surgery to just suddenly light it up and come in at that level. Yeah. And I think he's probably... I think if you look at his sort of recent signings, Omar, I'm guessing, was more as a squad player, really. As you say, coming back from injury, it wasn't a case of just going straight to the team. Page, I would suggest, will probably have been brought in purely as cover and obviously has had to come in and has done very well. Connor Young is a bizarre signing for me in terms of, you know, an 18-year-old striker. We've got, we seem to have quite a lot of these kids coming through, a guy who's not exactly lit it up in the Lone League, but a purely his cover, I would imagine. I mean, I can't see him. I'd be amazed if he starts a game between now and the end of the season. You know, I might be wrong, but I just, it's a slightly strange one. Just I don't know, because, I mean, he, in the interview that he did yesterday, they were talking about the fact that he was wanting to be playing more and he wasn't playing for Rangers in the Lone League. I mean, I heard that. I was like, "But are you going to be playing here?" No, I, I mean, I'd I'd be very surprised if he starts all. I think he'll be used as a kind of impacty guy. But I mean, obviously, we couldn't see anything from him yesterday, really, in the short yeah. short spell that came on. But you know, fair play, he might be very good and do very well, and I'll be happily wrong. But at the moment, it just seems a bit of a strange one. Mm. Our last experience from Rangers have turned it all right. Liam Kelly, who's about to probably be Scotland's number one keeper, and um, Cole McKinnon, who had a couple of years ago under Darren Young, was a, a very decent player. So, never know. I, I, I don't think it's fair to write 
write him off until we've we've seen what he can do. But oh, no, I mean, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, hopefully he can maybe get Morelos in next or something. Yeah, he no, seems no. on his way out. Um, only thing I'll say in Pagey is, yeah, he he looked good yesterday. It's great to hear the leadership and the vocal thing. But one swallow doesn't make a summer. Can make a great no. weekend, but it doesn't make a summer. So we've got to see him get around the team to see how it goes. But I mean, if you're talking about young guys coming on loan and making a difference, we had a young guy that came on loan 2017-18 season, Nathan Flanagan. Yeah. What a player he looked yesterday. And before I get to the equaliser, that was a, like, I don't pay tons of attention to, to four for just when they play us. But watching him yesterday and the glowing praise, how is he in League Two? It doesn't do it consistently enough. Yeah. All right. I, I remember speaking to a couple of Wraith fans when they signed for Wraith and they, they were saying they thought, he thought he was awful. He was pretty crap for us, to be honest with you. Mm. I mean, apart from the occasional moment. I think, I'd actually forgotten we had him until I was looking up to see where he had been. And I was like, I oh, wonder, why? We had him. <laughs> I wonder if he's the sort of guy who... In the first five minutes yesterday, he's gone. Oh, I've got this boy. You know, you know, wing. I think wingers will be like that a lot. If they feel they've got the beating of their fullback early doors, they'll just want the ball all the time. And as I say, I don't, I don't think Newton did too much wrong. He just, he looked like a full. He looked like a guy who's not fullback. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't. He'd never, and he had no support, which didn't help. Well, if we get to the equaliser, Flanagan, it was like a knife through butter. He just went through his five players and laid the ball off. Stephen McCluskey finishes, and from nowhere, it's 2-0. Dominated the game for, I guess you would say, about an hour. And then, all of a sudden, you're back on level terms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I don't think we could really add anything to that. It was, it was. I think the the overriding message from where I was sitting is everybody said that was so fucking easy, and it was. Mm. You know, it, it was so easy, and it, it must. Greg must want to tear his hair out at times because you can't coach that. I don't think because it's just if your players mentally switch off like what we did. Um, then that that's going to happen every single time. And again, it was a it was a very very good goal. <laughs> you know, if, if if your team score that, you're like, oh, that's a well worked move. Yeah, your team can see that. You're like, that is utter shit defending. <laughs> it, it really just. I think the main reason it annoyed me was that it was almost like every defender got bamboozled by Flanagan. And the one I don't actually know who it was, so I don't want to name a name. But the one guy who had just somebody to deal with whose responsibility is not Nathan Flanagan, got got sucked into watching him play. And it just, it was a simple, but, and it's like, why is nobody marking that guy? It's the only other guy that can score. If Flanagan beats those four players and scores in the top bin, fair play to him, and you blame the four players, but you've got that one job just to mark that one guy and get closer to him. And it was so easy. And it was frustrating. And you know what? Just they had that, then they had that wee spell where you thought, God, if anyone might win this, it might end up being them, and which would have been a real blow. But you know, obviously, what happened happened. But it was just we just keep losing crap goals. But I suppose every team's fans in this league will be going every goal we lose is crap because generally, n- not they are crap. But you know what I mean. This division, they get, to be honest, even see, even if we went up this year, we'll, we would come straight back down next yeah. year. 
because the, the, we the would be quality, a Clyde or a Peterhead. Yeah, the quality between this division and the one above is massive, and I think that now, really, you need a shitload of money to get from um, being a, a a League Two club to a mid-table League One club, and it just shows actually how much Darren overachieved us considering the budget he had. Mm. Oh, massively, and I think. <sighs> My problem's always been a little bit, you think of, we've got some key players that are, like Ferguson's been absolutely key. I mean, he's strolling player of the year for me so far, but he's on loan, so it's like, you know, he he, he definitely won't be there next year. Um, I, th- I heard somebody behind saying that he's out of contract in the summer, we should go and get no, him. He's, and he's, I, just <laughs> signed on, he's just signed on. No, no, but even if he was out of contract, Lee, there's no way yeah. in hell anyone would let us have them uh, after that but um, yeah one thing that we were talking about yesterday so sorry to interrupt I really am sorry to interrupt but it's actually been interesting because we were all like fuck when Baldy went but I think Baldy leaving has allowed Ferguson to come into his own yeah Mm. yeah that's an interesting one yeah I just think for a kid coming into a physical league and it's not like he's built he's you know he's quite a little stick of a guy he's so strong on the ball he's he just looks so confident like he looks he looks streets ahead of everyone else and he, he kind of is at the moment but it, it's really no I, I i'd be amazed if he's not in and around the st johnson squad next year or at least get going on loan to like a decent championship team or something like that. he's he's been very, very, very good. Yeah, yeah well, Liam Parker was on the bench for St. Johnson yesterday, so... Oh, um, yeah. oh really? Yeah, um, but no, I think you're absolutely right about Ferguson. He had, a, he had one of his poorer games last week at Stranraer, but was one of our better players. Um, but I, I think that the turning point for him was, was Baldy leaving. In the second half of the season, he's been excellent because I think the first half of the season, we were all a bit critical of him, like, we don't really know what he brings. He was being just, you know, too... He was out-muscled, you know, in, in a lot of the, the earlier games and we just weren't sure what he was going to add. But I think we're seeing now the boy's got real, real quality. And I'll tell you another thing that's helping him is having Trouton alongside them. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. And I think, like I said at the start, I'm still not convinced that's his best position, you know, no. sort of holding midfielder. But it's the fact he can quite easily go into there and be the sort of main guy in the team, and then go into the sort of number ten role and be the main guy in the team. It's, it's, uh, you know, he's definitely got, yeah, he's got a hell of a future. You know, I think MGM gave him man of the match yesterday. Yeah. Um, and all of them were talking about, you know, what a player he is, and I was like, yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. But the poor lad, he, he just he looks so shy. He came up yesterday to get his award. And he was just so, like, I don't want to say awkward, because I think awkward might be harsh, but he was just so like, thanks very much, he's having a good day. <laughs> just, well, I, I mean, it, to be fair, it must be I hard. Think Jack, if that was Jack Keeley, he'd be up like, fucking, oh, yeah, I get the shots in. Like, it's just yeah. like, obviously two completely different players. That, that's a difference between a winger and a, a sort of holding midfielder. One's yeah. down there, <laughs> knows his job, and the other one's a flash wee bastard. But I tell you what, see the amount of times that I must be blind that that like we get across or something like that, and I'm like, great job, Peely, and somebody's like, Abbas Ferguson. I'm like, fuck's sake, yeah, because <laughs> all the time. <laughs> this, this brings us to the the goal. 
But when I was writing my notes, I was like, oh, great cross by Healy. And then I was watching the interviews afterwards and they were like, oh, it was Fergie. And I was like, oh. Because on the stream, to me, it was the same person. But just before we get to the winning goal, just something that you mentioned there. It's interesting, like the young guys, because so he's come from a premier team here. I don't know what kind of stuff they do in their academies there, but the academies over here, these guys get media training when they're like 15 and 16 years old. How to deal with press, how to deal with stuff, to prepare them that if they then make it, they can do this. And like speaking to young kids here, speaking to young kids in Scotland, the difference is insane. I That's thought you weren't allowed to speak to young kids. Well, not anymore, not after that incident, but... No. Look, I thought he was shite. I thought I'd tell him he was shite. That's all I'll say. It just went off the rails. But yeah, let's get to the winning goal. And it was the ball in by Fergie. But before we get to that ball in by Fergie, let's talk about the tackle. Conor McManus stopped Flanagan. I don't know if Flanagan would have gone all the way himself, like we're kind of saying afterwards, but he would definitely have gone a lot. He had a man that would have been running with him. And I think Flanagan would have done most of the work, played it inside, and the other guy would have put it in the back of the net. But that was a hugely important tackle from McManus. That is the difference between us getting three points to getting no points and then potentially then looking over our shoulder again. Yeah, it was, you know, it was actually priceless, the fact that Flanagan was our main tormentor and it was really his fault for the goal. Um Probably just trying to be a wee bit too flash in the wrong yeah. way. Of the park, but um, like, it's such a good, I mean, a good. He's a good player. Do you know what I mean? And he's obviously had a really bad run of injuries. But I think maybe at the level above, he was just okay. But I think at this level, he's he's a good footballer. Do you know what I mean? He he knows what he's doing. But so it's a good certainly a good option for us. But I mean, the header was absolutely sensational. Like it literally was. No fluke whatsoever, no yeah. luck at all. The only place he could score it, it was so good, just sensational. Really, really good. And for for me, that's the sort of goal that trumps a couple of Healy's ones. It's like that. Me too. It's not just a punt in the top corner. Obviously, yeah. that takes skill, but it was absolute quality. But absolute you, you had quality. three aspects of this. You had the tackle to, to win the ball. You had the cross in from Fergie that was pinpoint. And then you had the great finish. So it's three elements to this goal that, to me, has it quite high up. No, nobody making the trout is up like a salmon joke. I've got that written down. He rose like a salmon. We've <laughs> been doing this too long together. Too many, too many. I was, I was waiting for it. Like he's like a fish out of water. Yeah. Oh, um, you're like, yeah. am I, am I not hearing this right? No. Yeah. We could, we could literally. I know. Do I love all these puns. All day. I mean, these puns would literally be off the scales. Hey, do you know puns are not appreciated over here? It, no, it disheartens me because I use them all the time. I'm pretty sure they're not overly appreciated here either. Oh, maybe. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, we, we enjoy it. We enjoy them, but nobody else does. Just quote that Jeremy Kyle thing. This is the Jeremy Kyle show. This is this is our show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, they, they recently had the 2023 UK National Pun Championships at the Leicester Comedy Festival. I've got that to to watch so I'll have tons of puns for the rest of the season tons of puns but no the, back, back to the goal Ferguson's cross is beautiful it is, honestly it's is, is outstanding and that's another assist for him mm. to, to add to, to his collection for the season and 
Troughton's header, I mean, we as guy in the park, but it, it, there's that's not a fluke. I think Doug just said that. That's, that's not a fluke. That is just sheer, sheer class. And for him to get it where he got it, and by the way, to beat McCallum, who is a top-quality goalkeeper, is, isn't is easy to do. You've got to say fair play to him. You know, it almost was like poetry in motion. Excellent. And and the, the noise from the crowd when that one went in was, was excellent. So it, it, it rounded off a perfect day and, and without a doubt, I deserved three points. Yeah. What I would say, which obviously we don't give a fuck about, the marking of Troughton, though, to allow him to rise and get that free header. If you're four for you're like, where were you guys? What were you doing there? No, but who cares, right? And, yeah, uh, I know, but just to, to, just to mention that. I'm looking I, at my windowsill here and it's, there's a mantelpiece and all I could see on it are Elgin and Porfa. <laughs> well, I must say actually, just very quickly, I, I think I was slightly disappointed by four for you yesterday. Yeah. I think because they yeah. because it come in such form. And when they scored that opener, I thought, oh, this could be a long day. But I, I generally thought they were pretty bang average to poor. I, I was I was a bit surprised. I, th- I kind of I wonder next week might be slightly different. I don't know, just with other another team in form. But it's uh, yeah, I, w- I was disappointed. I was delighted. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I, I thought the same. Before we get to our 3-2-1s, did either of you watch the highlights? Yeah. Okay. I love the end of it when it's just the, the seconds are ticking down and it's like, the rest looked at his watch. He's going to blow when the ball's in the air. The rest looked at his watch. The ball's in the air. The rest looking at his watch. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just willing. There was a lot of willingness from Daniel for that game. It? it brought a laugh from me. I think Daniel's excellent, by the way. Yeah. You see, when you compare him to a lot of the commentators in, in our divisions, he's, he streets ahead in the enthusiasm and the, the, the even the knowledge that he brings to, to some of the games as well. I, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I think he's... No, he's, like, when I when I called the game with him earlier this year... Um, his his knowledge and his memory of oh that happened way back then or he hasn't done this since then it's like encyclopedic it's fantastic yeah indeed I think when when you actually get a chance to work with him as well because you you've you've done some games with him Lee haven't you yeah yeah, yeah. I've done a few of them. it's like you really appreciate the the work that he puts into everything as well so indeed. um let's get to our three two one let's start with Doug so that we can accuse Lee of copying. <laughs> Um, quite difficult, I thought, uh, this week. Um, I'm going to give one to PG. Um, again, as I say, not overly spectacular, but just did everything well and threatened both boxes and won a lot of headers. And uh, like we touched on with his leadership qualities was, uh, was very good. Uh, to uh, Sir Alex, who just continues to impress, um, yeah, we've touched on that class, just a class player. And three, Trouton, I just thought, just was really good in the middle of the park and great through ball for the, the first goal and obviously the header was sensational. Um, that was going to be mine, but so I don't <laughs> think you're changing it. <laughs> I, I, copying him. I, I think that there's actually a few people that are unfortunate not to get a point. I thought Brogan Walls probably did enough to... To deserve a point yesterday, but he kind of he, he kind of faltered in the second half. But you know, you know, deserving a point. Um, I forgot. I actually forgot about him. 
genuinely. Uh, yeah. When I was thinking about my three-team watch yesterday, he was he was my one point, not Pagey. So I will definitely give a mention to him. Yeah, yeah um, you've got Pagey, you've got Shiv, who probably deserve a point. So um, I will, since you've given the point to Pagey and I gave him some praise earlier, I'm not going to give him the point and I'll give mine to Shiv. Um, just for the, the sheer effort um, that he put in yesterday and that assist for the the first goal. Um, two points um, I'm going to give to, to Sir Alex as well. Just He's just everywhere. Um, and he's added elements to his game that we, we never seen, like just like the clever fouls. Like he's, he's starting to pick that up about where to break up play, where to drag the leg and, give, and take the yellow card for the team. You know, there's early on in the game yesterday, um, he did very, very well to to get back in and, and block a shot with like a slide tackle and stuff. Like just just all round a, a very, very good footballer. And it's getting to the point where he'll be able to play with his baffies on and still be our best player. But I think yesterday um we have to give three points to Trouton. I thought he was he was very, very good and wasn't wasteful in possession, um, which we've seen a bit from him in the past. Uh, in the past, sorry, his, his header yesterday outstanding and just just what we probably expected we were going to see from Troughton was what we got yesterday um, and it just actually feels good to say that. Yeah, because we, we have criticised him over the, the season but this is the time of year with the kind of league that we are in that you, you need experienced guys out there and you, you talked there how Fergie's probably really benefiting by having Trouton out there with him. If that's the role that he plays and he's maybe not getting the goals, but he's doing that, I'm happy for that. That's a great contribution to me as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's a few things that I still want to see from Trouton, but I think he is trying anyway, but just shoot on sight. Like, don't take that extra touch, which he seems to do quite a lot. Um, like, like, when he gets near the box, he tries to like maybe just add it or, or, or thread the pass through. Just with how good a player he is, I want to see him do a bit of what Brogan Walls did yesterday and just take it first time. I would much rather see him take a shot and miss than try the extra pass that, that doesn't seem to be coming off for us. Um, and I want to see him be better with his, his breakup play. Um, there's a few times that he's either taking a yellow card for a late tackle or um, pulling out of a tackle. And as the, the the one thing I would say on that is the position he's being asked to play at that age, yeah. I think towards end of games will be a factor, definitely. Like he's not he's not got that engine where he's gonna be able to and I think that's kind of where he's playing where he's playing. He, well, it's funny almost you should Robert, say that. Robert Pritz esque. You know, where you just sort of but, sit but less red. Much much not drinking vodka before the game, yeah. It's funny you should say that about Trouton because I said that to Greg about the position that he's playing and he said he gets the stats from the GPS vests. Oh, the first player in the club. No, he's the player in the club. No, he covers the most distance in the game. Hmm. Any player. He's well, old. Yeah, there we go. Um, since, you're, since you talked to Greg a lot, I want you to pass a message on about something that really pissed me off that he did yesterday. Right, okay. Tell him to stop fucking covering our Glory Days of Gold logo in the post-game interviews, his big <laughs> head's over it for the majority of the nine minutes that he's on the screen. I'll have a word. 
He's being selfish, to be honest. Yeah, he is. I mean, a couple of times he moved to get a drink and then reappeared. So maybe that's more impactful. Maybe he's maybe that's his plan. Shazam! Yeah. <laughs> he's probably doing that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, we won't talk too much more. I want to look over the rest of the results yesterday and how the table is looking, and then come back to something that Lee kind of mentioned earlier. But our game yesterday was one of three, three two games in the division. It seemed to be a barn burning day. So Dumbarton had a two 0 win over Stranraer. Steny beat Aaron three two. Bonnie Rigg, an eighty ninth minute winner to get the win up at Elgin, and that could be absolutely massive for them. And then Sterling had to come from behind to to beat Albion Rovers in the end. Huge game coming up on Tuesday as well between the top two, Dumbarton, Holston, Stirling, Albion. Now, the way that the table looks just now, obviously we know Dumbarton and Stirling, Albion's the top two. Dumbarton's played 26. They've got a five-point lead over Stirling, who have two games in hand. Stirling win their two games in hand and beat Dumbarton, then they're obviously in control of the league. Now, before we get into anything else about could we be in the playoffs or whatever? Hypothetically, let's just say we are in the playoffs at the end of the year. The good playoffs to go up. Would you rather have Sterling in there or Dumbarton in there? Who do you want to win the league from that regard? Or if we're not going up, who don't you want in this league for next year? Between those two. I don't care. I don't think either of them are particularly good. And you only have to look at it. None of them want to win this league. Mm. Both of them, I mean, Dumbarton had that massive lead at the start of the season and blew it. Then Sterling started doing well. I mean, Sterling have been the better of the two sides when I've seen them. And I think Darren Young's more tactically astute than the, is it Farrell that's the manager? I always forget the boy's name. Dumbarton. Um, I think he's more tactically astute and I think he would, he'll be able to bring in better players um, than what um, Dumbarton are, but I hate going to Dumbarton. Yeah. I would, I would rather say Sterling stay in the league purely so I don't have to go to the Rock. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my only thing for next season would be Dumbarton just look that sort of older and wiser team. Like, it's a lot of experience. And then, you know, a year on from that, people are getting a bit older and I think they're gettable, but I, th- I can see them winning it just because of that. I think they're they're grinding out like one nil wins, and you know they're 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 sneaking around. But I kind of also don't hugely care. I mean, if it was a case of who would you rather play in the playoffs, I, I think we'd probably struggle over two legs against either. But mm. I don't think it would matter if we get in that situation. I'd be delighted to face either. I mean, there's also a good chance that the top two will go up anyway. Because you can't really see Peterhead or Clyde necessarily putting up too much of a fight in in the playoffs. No, so but it's two it's two games. Both them coming down next season. It's like oh fuck's sake. Because if we get Peterhead, that means that we'll have Peterhead, Elgin, and Stranra, and potentially Annan mm. all in our division. Like I, I'm sure Jim Stevenson will burst into tears if if Peterhead comes down because. That is four long ass expensive bus journeys, and Clyde are full of cunts. So I, I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine Peterhead coming down is a certainty. 
Yeah, I, I just the 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 lack of momentum that both of them will have coming in the playoffs, you yeah. would imagine, will be fairly telling. But, mm. but 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 as we say, you look at them and being so marooned at the bottom. But it's as we've mentioned before, the gulf difference between those leagues is frightening. Yeah. If you, you then look at the playoff picture in our division, like Steny in third on 38th, down to Stranraer on 32 and 8th, it's like two from six teams, really. And it's like, I don't think anyone can realistically say, oh, it's definitely going to be this team, or it's definitely going to be that team. Any of these teams, even Stranraer, could string a couple of results together. They had two back-to-back wins, yeah, and one of them was against they, us, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they only beat us. I mean, I, I personally think, obviously, the top two places are gone. Yesterday compounded for me that I don't think Forfar will finish in the top four. I think that your top four will be Annan and Steny. Mm. I would actually almost put money on that now, I think. If Elgin can find some of the form that they had and play the way that they played in the Scottish Cup game against Ayr, it's like they've got a chance. But that Scottish Cup run seems to have completely derailed their season. Uh, I I almost think Elgin are in in trouble going the other way. I do too. I I think when you look at... I think Bonnyrigg especially, every game in the last seven or eight weeks, they've lost by a goal or they've drawn. I mean, you look at the stats of the games, I know there's not, you can't beat. They're absolutely in every game. And they're, hopefully not, because we're playing them in a couple of weeks, but I think they're potentially that they could go in a decent, Not, I'm not talking about winning four in a row, but just that picking up, start picking up points again. So I, I still think it's anybody's for going down, but I just feel that Elgin are going in the wrong direction at the wrong time. Elgin are proving me right that they're 10 diddies in Kane Hester. That's mm. a fact. Mm. That's an absolute fact. El- Elgin are 10 diddies in Kane Hester. He gets injured there, down Because they're, they're, they're garbage, as Doug would say. Absolutely garbage. Um, they're a team as well that if they fall out of the league, you don't see them coming up, back up easily yeah. from the Highland League either. No, because, I mean, H- Hester yeets himself out of that team as soon as he can if they, if they go down as well. And I mean, even then, he's still got that band looming over him. Mm. So even if they do stay up, they would be in trouble next season because he'll not be there. But he'll still be taking a wage, I'm sure. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, they've got a couple of decent players. The, the boy, um, Russell Dingwall, will score a few goals and uh, the guy McCarty is a decent-ish player. Um, but they are a 10 diddies in Kane Hester and really, um, they I think they'll finish... Comfortably bottom three. It's it's definitely going to be a very interesting last quarter of the season. I'm genuinely looking forward to it. We've got two tough away games coming up, Steny and, and Bonnie Rig. We'll obviously know a little bit more about where we are at the end of that. So last thing I kinda of want to ask you about all of this, and it's something you kinda of touched on a little bit, Lee. I would be quite happy for us not to go up this year. Because what I don't want next season from a selfish point of view of doing the podcast it's another season where we're getting humped like if if we go up and we're a peterhead or a clyde next year there's no fun in that there's no fun for the fans and if anything our attendances will be lower than if we stay in league two and we're 
challenging. We're either at the top or in the playoff places. I think don't go up this year. Have it as a consolidation year if you want. But then look at next year as the, the season to go up. Add those players in. Let Greg see what he can do in, in the transfer window in the summer. I just think it would be a disaster for us actually to go up. Well, looking at their table just now, right? You're, I, I genuinely fancy Dunfermline and Falkirk to go up. I think Dunfermline will win the league, Falkirk will go up through the playoffs. So that leaves whoever comes down from the championship, which would be two teams, say. You're then going to have um, FC Edinburgh, Alloa, Annan, Montrose, Queen of the South, Kelty, plus, say, and, and I don't think for a second we will go up, but I would say us and who else. That means in the championships, that I mean, our both are just... I, th- I actually fancy them to go down, but I mean that. Yeah, say, say Arbroath and Hamilton went down. Um, that's a pretty scary league, and then you've got mm. to think whoever comes up from the lowland um, adds another um, string to the, the bow in our league. But I think there's all all of our, our teams are much of a muchness in this league, so you you would be wasting your money to to put a bet on a, a runaway leader for next season, no matter which team is yeah. in the league. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're we're all pretty confident that I don't think we'll finish in the playoffs. And if we do, it would be nice. I would love us to go up just for the feeling of getting the promotion and, and how great a celebration and stuff it would be. But you're right, it would be probably similar to the the Archibald season in, in the championship. Where, yeah, and that was hell. Yeah, um, I, I obviously I don't remember much of that, but I mean, we were, from what I hear, it was probably one of the worst years to be a New Fife fan in terms of you were turning up and getting beat four or five nil every weekend. Unless we got some serious investment, then I don't think that's going to that's going to change. Well, if you I look think... at League One, sorry, Doug. Right. If, if you look at League One from years when we were in it, we always talked about, wow, what a fantastic league it is! It's so close. Nineteen points between eighth and ninth. I think says about the gulf, and as Lee said, Doug, about there's a bigger gulf than there's ever been from going from League Two now into League One, unless you're a club that's got money behind you. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would always say you would never turn down a promotion, especially with a trapdoor in League Two. It's just it, it's a nervous league to be in. Even just mm. even just a one year where there's no nerves, you might be getting pumped every week, but there's no nerves about going uh, completely south. Um, I think whoever goes up will massively struggle unless they've got investment or whatnot. And you look, you never know who you're going to sign, all this sort of stuff. But I would never turn it down, but I wouldn't be too upset if we stayed where we are. The, the league that next year that's going to be absolutely mental is the championship. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Dungeon United go down and you've got Dunfermline and Falkirk go up, that league will be unbelievable. Because you're getting rid of Arbroath and say maybe Hamilton or something like that, and you just what a league that would be crazy. Yeah, it's it's fun times for for Scottish football, and they I really wish that they would bring back. I, I think it was the late eighties, early nineties. Scott Sport had the roundup of all the divisions, and they showed and sports scene did it as well. They showed highlights from every single thing. They should do that. That what what they've done with league. Uh, sorry, the championship is fantastic. Having those games on a Friday night, I would like to see that expand, and it's not just championship games. 
because League One will be exciting next season as well. Maybe not. I, I can I can see folk not wanting to watch League Two, but I just yeah, wish I they would show highlights. I don't think you want to watch League Two. But we don't even want to watch League Two. But <laughs> Definitely anyway, not. that is pretty much it for this show. Um, we'll just go around everyone and any final thoughts or anything you want to laugh at this week that isn't just Lee. Doug. Yeah, I'm happy to laugh at Lee, just Oy. in general. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the Man United game. Oh, day. Love it. Uh, the, I'll just say a big thank you to Liam for putting our song on at Bayview. That was quite a cool uh, thing to happen in my life. Um, I'll be totally honest, I wasn't in the ground, but I was walking past the entrance when it was on, so that was quite cool. What was um, it, Invincible or the our theme song? Uh, no, we gave them times of yesterday because it was the shortest one, ah. basically. Um, but no, it was, still, it was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, that's about it, really. I, I must say, quick prediction for next, I think we'll struggle next week. I think Steny are flying under Naismith and mm. we don't have a good record against them. So a draw would be lovely. Well, Lee talked about looking on his mantelpiece. I think there's some Stinney fans looking on theirs and it's just a big East Fife thing on theirs just now. Yep. That was before Gary went in. Yeah. Lee, any final thoughts from you? No, I, I probably just want to say thanks because I had loads of really, really nice, kind messages from, from fans after the, the MGM announcement, which went really, really well. And I just want to say thanks for the nice messages, but equally thanks to everyone for... For showing our, our new sponsors some some much needed love, you know, and we need that, you know, we need that level of positivity when we're announcing a new a new partnership because it's what want it's what wants more people to be involved and get involved. And you know, I think I've said that a couple of times now that if, if we need we need the, the community to to rally around a club like ours and, and and get some investment if we want to be successful. So hopefully that although that was a big step bringing them in um, it's, it's the first of many big steps that we'll take in, in the coming year um, as the commercial team but to, to round it off it's just a, a huge thanks for everyone for, for showing it some love Yeah I, I didn't know if you were going to mention it Lee because I, I was wanting to mention it as well because I know you're downplaying it a, a little bit but I think you did an absolutely fantastic job and I, I think you and Scott have done so much in, in bringing these into the club it's a fantastic deal it's the biggest sponsorship in the club's history, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah. I, I genuinely say well done to you. I think you've done fantastic, mate. Proud of you for everything that you've done in this role. Just to embarrass I'll, you a little bit at the end of the show. I'll absolutely echo that. I was actually saying to my mate the other day, it's just nice having guys in that position who know what they're talking about. I'm sorry, I don't want to big you up too much, Lee. Yeah. Better but are from that kind of background. So when they're meeting potential clients, potential sponsors, whatnot, can be semi-impressive. And I'm not, that's no slight when people have gone before, but you can imagine a 65-year-old board member who doesn't really know that much about what, you know, whatnot, saying, oh, but they a deal, oh, no, you know, it's just, there's a, there's a hint of professionalism that we maybe lacked, potentially. I mean, I remember, Lee, you saying you'd, you'd come home and you said to Rachel, I've got wood. And she was like, oh, you finally went to the doctors for the little blue pills. So, yeah, well done. Yep. And obviously getting the signs up was a quicker erection than I've ever managed as well. So, um, no, it's, 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 been, it's been great. And 
you know, I've, I've really enjoyed doing what we're doing with the club and it's it's been good fun. Um, obviously, speaking about something that you care and you're so passionate about makes anything like that an, an easy sale. And and Graham, who's the, the CEO of MGM, um, or, well, actually CEO for the, the Donaldson Group, so an old colleague of mine. I say colleague, he was my boss's boss's boss. Um, but we, we ended up getting to know each other quite well. And when he went into the role, you know, I'll actually give Scott the kudos because he said, oh, like, i just seen you liked something on LinkedIn with this guy. You should message him. And I was like, oh, like, he's only just started. I'll give him some time. And Scott was like, why? And I was like, right, OK, I'll, I'll just ask the question. And then, like I say, that was September last year. You know, the, the deal's been done since the 23rd of December was when they gave the, the thumbs up that they were doing it. And it's taken us two months or so to, to get the... <laughs> the deal announced. Um, although uh, my let's all laugh at. Well, I'll give our listeners who haven't heard it a, a laugh. But um, I managed to secure an interview with, with Kingdom FM, just to try to give it as much coverage as I possibly could. Oh, um, I haven't heard this. No. So went on and, and have a chat with them, and she was like, "Right, okay, I'll be on um, on here tomorrow at twelve o'clock." And I'm brilliant, so I'm texting all my family and my friends, like, you "Need to listen to this interview at twelve o'clock." She's like. And community, he's five FC commercial manager Lee Wilkie said, hey. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake, Lee Wilkie. And, and someday in the group chat, I actually think it's Ian Wilson, I'll give him the credit for that. Said he's a big bald diddy as well, or something like that. Like, <laughs> it, it, would have been, it would have been better if you'd done like a five minute interview, and then they go and um, commercial director Lee Gillis said, and then you just go, Yeah, it's a great deal. And yeah. over the sport. <laughs> as I was saying to the wife, I don't know if you've ever seen that episode of Gavin and Stacey and yeah, they get exactly to, about to, to watch the TV. It's like, yeah. it's not the you expect to see first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah. so, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking when I said It's a great idea. I've seen a lot of folks saying, oh, now we can get a timber stand built. Well, first of all, I think that's not the way that stands are going these days, especially after the Bradford fire. But also... MGM supply the timber, so you guys would have to build it yourself. So, if you build yeah. it, they will come. Yes, they will. So oh, let's see. What, it would spoil the lovely view from the the stream. That that's the only thing I would say. I, I do love seeing the view out to sea and all the little old houses and stuff. But that is it for another episode of Glory Days of Gold. It's always nice to talk about a win. We'll be back soon with another episode. We'll be back talking about another win. Who knows? But until then, thanks for listening. Take care, and mourn the fife! Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more